1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
3: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.
2: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center Show about Star Wars pop culture and the ultimate adventure, life itself. I'm Ken (laughs) Napsok. Joseph Scrimshaw.
4: And I'm Jennifer Landa.
1: And we're here to talk about Thrawn Unleashed exclamation point on that one because we finally got to see Grand Daniel Thrawn in live action and that is for some a couple years in the making and for others decades in the making and we're going to dive into all that here a little bit uh, on the show before that, we do that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android Kindle or MP3 player a little bit later as always we'll have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us but here we are joseph here we are truly
0: we are, we are here uh we are on youtube now but uh ken i was kind of laughing because you are doing your best it's 2 a.m and i'm a late night dj <laughs> your uh I'm, your intro today really matched the thrawn like um uh, <laughs> he's whispering i gotta lean in like
5: mm-hmm.
1: i love I'm, it perfect. I'm, I'm i'm extra tired. i don't know why i'm tired today In fact, you can see I have uh, the glasses on, Um, uh, not unusual, but I was telling Jen before we went on uh, air and uh, Joseph, you were checking in, uh, I tell about five minutes before airtime, I forgot we do cameras now, and I was in my workout gear, I had my contacts out, I was like, oh oh, wait, we've changed things, (laughs) I gotta dress up a little bit.
0: I was running late for similar reasons. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Behind me, there's just, there's fire and chaos.
1: Jen's over there going, whatever, dudes. I had to put on makeup. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) On camera professional, Jennifer Landa. (laughs) We are excited uh, to unleash Thrawn and unleash our Thrawn thoughts. We are going to discuss old red eyes, uh, the cold calculating chess strategist, uh, the big blue, big bad Grand Admiral Thrawn, his leap to live action, his role in Ahsoka, and his importance in future Star Wars storytelling. Uh, I, I want to start just by taking the old Thrawn temperature. It's something we have done throughout our years uh, doing shows together. But Jennifer, at this point, what is your relationship with Thrawn? Uh, were you really excited to see him in live action? Was that one of the things you were looking forward to in the buildup to Ahsoka?
4: I was looking forward to seeing him in live action because I really, really liked the character from Heir to the Empire Many years ago, it's been many years <laughs> since I read that book. But I remember when I read that book, I really liked that he was a different type of villain. Um, he was blue. That was something new and interesting. Um, and I also thought he was a little weird, right? He had those mm-hmm. creatures, the uh, Iselemiri creatures, mm-hmm. right? That could, sure. Uh, r- <laughs> sure, that could create the little bubble of repelling yeah. the force. Like it just was really, odd and fun and different, uh, that I was used to for a Star Wars villain. So I was very excited. And because I have kind of mixed feelings about the animated version in Star Mm. Wars Rebels, which we'll get into. We'll get into.
0: Okay, great. But you, but you did like him back in the day. So you you considered yourself sort of an old school Thrawn fan.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, um, I know you have had real, like a real mix on what uh, books you've been able to read. Did you read any of the newer canon Thrawn books? There's the, the trilogy of sort of Thrawn's adventures in the Empire and then a Thrawn uh, sort of prequel trilogy of, uh, you know, Thrawn begins with the Just Ascendancy.
4: Right, right. I remember being excited and thinking, wow, Timothy Zahn's back. And I didn't read it. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should listen to it on Audible, right? <laughs> Catch up. It, yeah. it, it,
0: th- those books were coming out when a lot of books were coming yeah. out. And yeah, um, yeah and, and I think uh, hardcore fans got to them, but I think maybe not everybody else did. Um, Ken, yeah. what is your your Thrawn past and your Thrawn temperature going into Ahsoka and coming out of Ahsoka? <laughs> The Ahsoka series.
1: The Ahsoka series. I, I think it's in a positive spot now, uh, and it was never negative. Uh, I, I have talked about it before, but but here's a chance to really put it on the permanent record. It, it, it's I, I'm with you, Jen. I, I, I love the Air of the Empire, uh, Empire series then, and I appreciate it now for what it um, did, and it really did keep Star Wars going in a time where that didn't. Seemed to be a sure thing. Uh, I will never uh, not credit Zone in those books in that time for that. Uh, but over, over time, I, Thrawn went from that cool character that I liked. I loved him. I, I always joked, you know, I wanted Jack Nicholson to play him in live action. Like, perfect for Jack. He was just coming off uh, yeah. Batman. Like, let's let's put some blue paint on him and go. Ahead and, and 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 I would quote Thrawn. There were there. I, I'm now over time. I'm paraphrasing, but there was a quote at one point of of in the books of uh, If you have a problem, eliminate the problem. And I thought that was so cool. That's how you run things. You know, that's how you that's how you control things. And he was, you know, we had uh, Palpatine this. Grand uh, dark space wizard. We had Vader in the in the mask, and now you got this cool calculating guy, and that's that's still part of the appeal of the character, by the way, to me. But over over the years, uh, it's waned. Um, I I like him in Rebels because that was more of the Thrawn that I liked uh, the the personality stuff and the tactics and everything, the art appreciation. And all I I love pulling those out of the books. the The new Thrawn books um, are, are, are great. I mean, Zahn's a great writer. I just for me, Thrawn, in the books, I don't side with him on a lot of issues. I don't support the choices he's made, whether it's for the greater good and he's a chaotic evil and all that kind of stuff I've heard people say. He kind of comes off, I'll just say it, as a Jordan Peterson in space and I don't like him. And, and I don't like him. And, and that's just the way it is. So uh, I was very curious and excited and excited to see how they would um, take all those versions and put it into a live action character.
0: This is great because I think we all have uh, similar but divergent (laughs) Thrawn experiences. (laughs) Uh, Heir to the Empire books, uh, you know, I was thrilled that they existed, but I was challenged from the first pages. I didn't like that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was not going to uh, Mm -hmm. appear to Luke anymore. I didn't like the Yoselamah Marari who uh, blocked the, the Force. But I did like Thrawn because in the original trilogy, we had Grand Moff Tarkin, and then the rest of the Imperials after that were basically like, they are either, they're just there to either make a whoopsie or be afraid to make a whoopsie and get killed by Vader. <laughs> uh, so this idea of like, what if we turn this all on its head? <laughs> An Imperial officer who's competent, what about that? Was <laughs> well, really fun and thrilling. So he was one of my favorite parts of the book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I really loved him in Rebels. I really love that uh, idea of evil space Sherlock Holmes, who is maybe a little cold and distant, himself and has a little bit of a cold and distant interior life mm-hmm. uh, but knows that he needs to observe every little thing about people and try to understand who they are in order to defeat them is a fascinating thing i love the the whisper voice i love the art appreciation really enjoyed that first uh thrawn trilogy with uh, his introduction mm-hmm. to the empire and then alliances with uh, with vader and anakin and padme all that stuff uh, well, was i like great. that one and, yeah and, right. and I even enjoyed the first um, book in the Ascendancy trilogy, and I would have read the rest if time had not been such an obstacle. And yeah. what I really appreciate about his character is I don't agree with his uh, goals. And, and I know that there are some fans who are really like, no, he's really understandable. He's a sympathetic character. He's just trying to save his people. Uh, he, he's willing to do incredibly murderous, <laughs> cruel mm-hmm. uh, things. Mm -hmm. and support an authoritarian government uh, to protect his people. So I don't agree with his goals, but there's something really cathartic about his process. And I wish sometimes that people in the real world did not have Thrawn's goals, but had more of his Mm -hmm. attitude of utter clarity on what the actual problem is and Mm -hmm. just focusing in on solving it. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like, uh, let's say Thrawn wanted um, to to win elections in America. (laughs) (laughs) I think he'd be like tweeting mean jokes about the appearance of a politician does absolutely nothing. (laughs) Why don't you register some people to vote since that's the actual goal? There are only two options. Yeah. A third party would be wonderful. However, it is not even remotely realistic.
5: Hmm.
1: How can you
0: best support your in like, there's a craving for me of somebody who actually uh, Mm -hmm. has the methods of Thrawn. So yeah. that's satisfying to be like, let's all be more like Thrawn, except for without the goals of supporting an authoritarian government and subjugating other people because you're afraid for your own people.
1: It, it, it's like he's a, a, a former chief of staff who has left the administration and has written a book about how bad it was. And you're like, yeah, but you were in the administration. You, <laughs> you, you were there. You got a yeah. book deal now, but you, you should have made a better choice. You, you weren't fighting for the greater good. But I, I, I really, really want to say how much I agree with all the stuff you're saying about what he brings to the table. And like I mentioned, it was, it was a little different than, than uh, Vader or Palpatine at the time. And it is truly – interesting to hear him and, and mesmerizing at times. And that's that, that, mm-hmm. that even goes into the voice that Lars, I think does both uh, rebels and now live action. I, I I think that stuff really does work. And I, I do want to be clear. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so completely anti thrawn uh, Um, and I enjoy, uh, with lessons that could be learned from him.
0: Yeah, no, I love Thrawn as a character. I disagree that, um, he is to be rooted for, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he is the villain, uh, of the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was excited to see him in live action in Ahsoka because I think uh, th- I want to see him reach his full potential in live action, which mm-hmm. is he's a great antagonist. Uh, he's a great person uh, for the good guys to push up against. But I also think he has such complexity that's been developed in the the books, all all the books and the comics over all the years. And I can't wait to see him be a character onto himself uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, complexities and contrasts and fears and all that and i think we began to see that in live action which leads me to my next question uh ken did you actually enjoy his leap to live action his look his vibe the translation of the character did you feel like this is the character i know from books and from rebels animation
1: i really ended up liking it a lot and and i in a series that i've said a few times now eh, challenge challenged me more than other series blah 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 thrawn did not um i i really thought lars uh mickelson just just hit it out of the park in, in the moments he had and he didn't have a ton right he, he was kind of the the present rap at the end of the series um mm-hmm. but I, I liked it the vibe the vibe is great the the i was i was watching it again uh this weekend and just the the torn up burnt ripped uniform <laughs> it's just the everything about thrawn's very bad decade or whatever outside out here is, <laughs> it, is it's a it's a thing i will say the look and i want to be careful in choosing my words because so much passion went into the design of this character in live action and the execution of this character in live action I, I i remember the first time i was watching it I, I laughed and thought man i bet i bet a lot of people don't like that zahn made him blue at this point <laughs> and,
5: and
1: uh, yeah. uh and they it didn't it wasn't it was not one of those it looked bad or bad it just was like i just kept looking at him like yeah it's a guy painted blue <laughs> like whether or not there was some uh post-production to make the blue pop a little bit more the eyes all the stuff I don't, I don't care but uh the makeup team obviously did a great job designing and, and executing what was already there but i just remember thinking oh maybe someone could go back to like 89 and 90 with zahn and go i don't know just Make him have a scar. <laughs> just something else.
0: Uh, for anybody uh, who is listening on the podcast, you should know that on the video side, uh, Mala, <laughs> Jennifer's dog, appears to have strong opinions about Thrawn.
4: She heard Thrawn's Thrawn. name somehow and <laughs> came over here. Hey, Mala. Oh, boy. Hey, what are
0: you doing? What are you doing?
4: She was uh, upstairs. Sorry about that. No, so, look. <laughs> no,
0: no worries at all. If my, like chi-
4: <laughs> if
1: my chihuahua could could reach my studio chair, she'd be up here right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, uh, Ken, uh, for me, the blue worked great. I think mm. it helped that this was a show that was born of animation. So you had a lot of aliens mm-hmm. and you had a lot of choices that maybe if it started in live action, you wouldn't have made. But the blue and the red eyes, the only thing look wise for me that was a, a little, uh, a little wonky was uh, the hair looked a little, um, uh, it, there was something just a little for me off about it. There was something a little bit like this is a scary blue mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. with intense red eyes. I absolutely believe it. And is he doing an Elvis show later in Vegas? <laughs> There's something about his hair that was just like almost. And it is always utter respect to the to the people who did yeah. their damnedest to to bring this fantasy villain to live action. And as we've seen again and again with some of these live action adaptations. Uh, you know, Ahsoka has started looking better and better and better over her appearances. And I think by the time we get to, you know, Thrawn in in a, a live action film, his hair is going to be spectacular.
1: It it, um, it almost had a little bit of uh, Ronald Reagan in the British puppet show <laughs> spitting image, <laughs> mommy. Just like just had a little. I know what you mean.
0: <laughs> it, it you know it, it it is a total SNL like <laughs> Thrawn has five other characters to play. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. gotta switch out. Yeah, um, we, we can get a little bit uh, deeper into the character himself, but since we're on appearance, uh, uh, Jennifer, where were you at with just like his appearance? Did it did it all work for you?
4: I thought it was, it was fine. Uh, this is where I'm going to uh, differ a little bit because I had, I think this is a case of when you've built something up in your mind for so long, I have a very clear idea of what I wanted to see on screen. Um, mm. And so for me, I felt like the character could have been dialed up more. I would have liked it to be a little bit more evil, a little bit more sinister. I felt like he was at a four. I wanted him at an eight. Um, mm. And I was like, who, 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 I like his voice. Mm-hmm. I like that he was cool. He was just a little too cool for my liking. Um, mm-hmm. and I was Is this going be,
0: back to Rebels?
4: Even going back to Rebels. But, okay. I, but I chalked that up to the fact that maybe it, because it was animated, that it had mm-hmm. to be like that. So I really mm-hmm. was looking forward to seeing him in live action. And I, and I hate to say this, but I would have been interested to see Mads Mickelson, who we know. <laughs> He's already been <laughs> in Star Wars, right? But I kind of want that type of evil if you know what I mean. Um, and maybe it's just me because I like drama or even like what we've seen in our game of Thrones type of villains, right? There's just like this, I can't describe it. It's it, almost like this, like melodrama or like enjoying, you know, being sinister and evil. I don't know. Maybe it's the character. It's just how I envision the character
0: hmm. more evil. Yeah, so, like, when mm-hmm. I think of Mads Mikkelsen, like, one of the touch points for me as a big Bond fan is uh, La Chifra in mm-hmm. in Casino Royale. And he's a character who also is, like, he's very analytical, like Thrawn. He, mm-hmm. He's all numbers. Mm-hmm. And he plays things, like, very close to the vest. But when he gets angry, it's a little bit more like there there's a monster under the surface that could come out and be violent.
4: That's mm-hmm. what and, I want to see.
0: And for you, that's who Thrawn is in the books. Cold, calculating, but a little bit more of that, like, a... Like if he snaps, he might just shoot someone right there on the bridge, kind of thing.
4: Right. The danger, the un, the unpredictability. Uh, that that's kind of what I was was missing. Um, mm. And so, because that's to me, that's the scariest type of villain or any type of character is where you have no idea what they're gonna do next. Are they gonna Are they gonna be my buddy or are they gonna try and kill me? Right. Like that. I think. I don't know. We'll we'll get into it more. I have a lot more <laughs> notes.
0: Yeah. No, sorry. this is great. I, no, I love it. No, don't ever be sorry for having thoughts on our. <laughs> sorry, all
4: you Thrawn, Thrawn lovers. I'm a Thrawn lover too, but it, and I think that that's why, like we've talked about so many times, is like when you build something up in your mind, mm-hmm. what you want versus what is given to you. And
0: just, yeah, well, I'll I'll put it out there that I think I like having a, a a dialed down version of that villain because I think we we have a lot of villains who do have that like. Um, they could crack any moment. And I what I like about him in Rebels is that that whisper that really is manipulative to me, the of like make you lean in. And uh I'm sure every once in a while Thrawn would like to have a conversation with somebody who is absolutely on the same page with him. And he's like, Actually, we're not gonna do the logical thing. We're gonna do this screwy thing. And to put the character across, there's always a character around him who's going like, What? Morgan Elsbeth does it in in the live action. Does yeah, yeah. The, why, why would we do that? So he can calmly explain to you why this is really smart. Right. I, I like, uh, that general take on the character of like the, his, his mood and his energy and even his expressions are mostly out of four, but the results are at like a nine. And I think that's done well in rebels where we see some of the true pain and horror. He puts Hera and mm-hmm. Sabine and Ezra through by just calmly commanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get into when we we talk about how well they put him over as a villain, like how effective some of his actual actions are in, in live action Ahsoka. But in terms for me, like the vibe of the character, I thought this was a great growth from Rebels, where Lars Mikkelsen was able to do these teeny tiny, maybe too tiny sometimes, beats, facial reactions, a little bit of that, a little bit more of that sort of <laughs> jazz acting. It's more what Thrawn doesn't say; it's that beat he mm-hmm. takes. Mm-hmm before he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, final thought on that, and I will I'll want to kick it back to, to you, Ken. Um, I, I was happy that we got what I liked out of Thrawn and Rebels of the low-talking, really good manager who gives his evil yeah. employees a gold star for a good job. Yeah. That weird, interesting character. And I think we did get, it was subtle, but we did get a changed character. I loved the amount of time that was spent on him reflecting either actually vocally or in small reactions to the fact that he'd been vested by Jedi and by Mm -hmm. dark magic and that he was entirely investing in this. And I do feel like we did see moments of him breaking. I think we saw moments of legitimate fear. Uh, There's that moment in Rebels uh, during the the Bendu attack where he just kind of pretty much shouts for Thrawn, what Jedi devilry is this? Yeah, yeah, of just yeah. sort of like, ah, I don't want to deal with any of this. What is this weird mm-hmm. crap? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's just sort of like, all of the Jedi, anything force-related ever is a massive problem. It must be taken very seriously. And there's mm-hmm. there's fear mm-hmm. and there's paranoia to me. Right. It's incredibly subtle, but there is fear and paranoia. And that's what I really liked is seeing him affected by the adventures he'd already had in Rebels. Uh, Ken, I want to pitch it back to you for more more of your thoughts on, yeah. on how he came across as a character. Uh, yeah. As opposed to uh, <laughs> being plain- painted blue.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just uh, it comes off. Yeah, that that is just it's sci fi for me, which it's sometimes an issue. But 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 uh, I one of the things I would like. Yeah, I think there's some scars on on uh, what has happened to him, and there's uh, almost a, a a fear that creeps up, a little bit of a f- fragility to what's going on. Where I think mm-hmm. if if you know the character uh, for a long time, you're like, oh, he's you know. He he's still trying to tell you let you know or make you think he's got this uniform that's crisp and clean and white, but we see the burn marks on it. Like we 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 know you've been through some stuff. And I thought that was really effective. And one of the things I've always liked about Thrawn, and especially I thought uh, from Rebels on, and I I think this was one of the things the books, the the new Thrawn books, um, did well, which is he's the kind of villain where you feel like maybe if you were to just talk to him, maybe you could get he'd show some sort of empathy. Right, mm-hmm. like you would be able to negotiate with him because he is so reasoned in his res- responses, and he understands, and he studied you. You know, like he understands the needs of all the voters, and he's going to talk to you about it, and and then you you feel like you could get to him, but really, no, he's no, I've studied you to destroy you, and I, I thought that was there. And to your point, Jenna, um, it's and Joseph, you and I went to the same spot. Yeah, uh, not to pit brother against brother, but I yeah, Mad Mads and Casino Royale had had that. Uh, that's what was so. Um, great about his performance that, that launched his career to a, a next uh, level, a, a new stratosphere was that, that, that uh, calm collected, but man, he, he'll strap you to a chair and take a, a rope and
5: <laughs> hit
1: you where you don't want to. And, and uh, so I can understand that it, for, at times, because I think in, in the live action uh, here, shot here with Ahsoka, he shows up so late that, mm-hmm. that I don't, we didn't get as, enough of him is maybe even I would want. And I, I, I with you, Jen. And, and what you're talking about is comes from a point of want desire for the character of Thrawn, uh, which is never a bad thing. So, uh, anyways, uh, uh, all that to say on the table, uh, um, I, it, it was, that's that, that stuff was still effective for me in the live action. And I felt that Thrawn that I'll talk to you and you can think you get to me, but I, I'm still pretty, pretty evil. It's going to, it was there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. His goal over all else. Um, one of the lines uh, that uh, that I liked in particular was, you know, when Elsbeth Morgan says, oh, there's, there's little the Jedi can do to stop us now. And he, he says, I watched many an Imperial officer make the same assumptions about the rebellion. Even mm-hmm. I fell victim to the heroics of a single Jedi. And there's a little pause and he says, never again. Yeah. Which I think for me is like, that's Thrawn borderline having an emotional breakdown and throwing something across the room. Like <laughs> that's as, <laughs> as emotional as he gets, but the sort of like, even I was bested, and then the like he doesn't need to say never again. Right. That's he's he's kind of communicating to Morgan Elspeth, but that's also to me like is is close to raw emotional expression as Thrawn gets. Mm. Is that yeah. never again? But I totally can understand where you're coming from, Jennifer. Where if, if it feels like if we're threat setting him up is this giant threat? Yes, that isn't quite enough emotion. Is that where you're coming from?
4: Exactly. Which mm-hmm. we're going to get into that mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, all right. I so I, I want to talk a little bit about his backstory and then we will get into, uh, I think maybe the heart of what we're talking about of, of, whether or not he was put over as a, as a, as a villain. But I first want to talk a little bit about where we are meeting him. Uh, I think there was a lot of great tip of the iceberg storytelling about Thrawn's time in exile, um. We hear from Ezra the kind of the practical. He found this place, uh, woke up the witches, rebuilt his ship. So you you get a little picture of like okay, <laughs> he's had mm-hmm. some time. There's the 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 conversation about uh, that they've had a lot of losses of troops and equipment, so they have to be sparing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also see the damaged ship. We see Enoch's strange golden faceplate that is not explained. Uh, the we see the troopers chanting Thrawn's name in a cult like fashion and his. A partnership with the Night Sisters, the Great Mothers, all that. Ken, what did you enjoy about the sort of tip of the iceberg storytelling about what Thrawn had been through in exile? It's just
1: that, man. He's been through some bleep and I love it. Like I and I think that's a great example of tip of the iceberg storytelling. There, there's a Thrawn, a Zahn novella in this story,
0: right? About uh, Zahn's already talked about he's got it written in his head and is waiting for Feloni's permission to write it.
1: <laughs> of course he does. Thrawn took two point five steps to the right as the great mothers <laughs> approached him. Yes, um, but I like that, right? Just that first that ship, the Chimera, has been in Star Wars lore, uh, legends or otherwise. Doesn't matter. It's 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 going on thirty plus years now, right? That that's mm-hmm. that ship has some, you know, just the the shot of it in Rebels, right? Just going, oh my god, it's got the, the I call it the ship tattoo on it. it it's it's a, to see it and then to immediately see how destroyed it is, that's all I needed for the story and how rough it is. And, and we talked uh, last time out about Ezra and how there's the – breaking of the cycle on this uh, world of Peridia that, that Ezra is, uh, is an example of, that it's marauders just taking from each other and, and conquering and conquesting, uh, using power to survive, and Ezra uses community to survive. And then you got on the other side, Thrawn, it seems as though he might have been fighting against the world. And <laughs> that's what <laughs> – because, again, how, how much uh, – the, the, the star whales, how much damage did they do to those ships on the way out? We don't know. Um uh, and and I just uh, the Night Troopers Enoch uh, all that stuff it's it's great example of tip of the iceberg storytelling for me.
0: Yeah, Jennifer, how did you feel about uh, the portrait of what did or didn't happen to Thrawn over there in the other galaxy?
4: I thought that they did a fantastic job at setting the table for this character. The mm-hmm. music is so powerful and ominous, dramatic. Uh, the visuals, mm-hmm. whoa, right? And the and the um, Captain, Captain Enoch?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Enoch
1: yeah. yeah.
4: All of that was so great and bold. But for me, then it didn't feel like this beautiful table was set, but when we actually went to have the meal, it didn't live up to how it was presented for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I would have loved, and it's because like you said, Ken, we didn't, we didn't get this character until later in the, in the series. So that we didn't have as much time to spend with him, which is, I think perhaps what I'm reacting to. Mm-hmm. I would have loved seen a moment of him in his chambers or some, somewhere where he's reflecting, he's thinking, and maybe that's where Morgan Elspeth comes and talks to him about these, this thing. I just want to, I don't know. I, I just mm-hmm. want to see more of the character, perhaps that I knew mm-hmm. um, or imagined. I don't know. More, yeah. more.
0: I, I think more, more to me is a fair reaction to lots of things in Ahsoka. I think for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm.
5: Uh, mm-hmm. there's
0: a lot of storytelling that feels like it is trying to be extremely minimal. And I think right. there are some moments for me where it's like almost too minimal, where like let Balin mm-hmm. let and Chin get mad and, and butt heads a little bit more directly. Um, yes. let Morgan Elspeth pull Thrawn into a room and try to get under his skin and have mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, some of those conflicts. I understand that's not the storytelling style that this show is and that this show works great for other people, but I understand the sort of pining for that of, of some, some of the characters to push at each other a little bit and, and try to get underneath one another's surface just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think I uh, this is also stuff that's like, it's there. I truly believe it is there in the text. I think it could be underlined more is a lot of the stuff that I like about Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this, what they've been through, um, we did see the Khmer get a little crunched up by the the Purgle tendrils, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the you're amount right, right. that it has been sort of uh, patched up mm. uh, and that it is still so dominating in its appearance that like just kind of literal, kind of upsetting image of it sort of... <laughs> You know, literally, sort of subjugating the Night Sisters temple, uh, yeah. you know, and suffocating mm-hmm. it and dominating it uh, is such a great introduction. Mm-hmm. But I think the my favorite thing about all that, I love the just that you see all the creepy night troopers, and then Enoch turns to us with his creepy little golden mask, you know, mm-hmm. face that has these sort of love connections that. to that looks like it is stolen from another culture mm-hmm. was it mm-hmm. stolen from a temple was it ripped off uh <laughs> you know mm-hmm. a uh a, a, an elder person of a community that you murdered there's like great mm-hmm. just like oh I, that's that's wonderful and i don't need to hear that story mm-hmm. perhaps the biggest thing to me is th- hearing the night troopers chant Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that in him like turning to the night sisters and saying you know uh, i'm once again in need of your dark magic Thrawn is a strategist he's a realist he's a person who struggles himself to understand emotions he observes practical palpable things and calculates them Mm -hmm. and in this situation I love the story of like I am observing I'm strategizing I'm looking at what I can physically see and touch and this uh this empire this government this military has to become a cult in order for me to survive i have to switch from military to religion the way they're chanting Mm -hmm. thrawn is so cult-like and it i I would have taken a little bit more of this but a couple of times he really says for the empire
5: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: when the night troopers uh volunteer to what we understand to be you know be reanimated to continue fighting uh, he says, are, are these the volunteers? And Morgan Elsbeth says, "All oh, we're honored to make the sacrifice for you. And Thrawn says, it is for the Empire, the security of our galaxy. And to me, there's this really playful sort of like, playful is a weird word, but it's like, he's told them that we're all doing this for the Empire to get back and mm-hmm. secure the galaxy. But he's also clearly either trained or allowed them to turn him into a godlike figure to chant his name and to say yeah sure i'll be reanimated to fight endlessly and be murdered multiple times by jedi mm-hmm. for you daddy thrawn cult leader <laughs> that that was the most interesting part of it to me the sort of cultish side
1: yeah yeah and I, yeah when we get to the putting them over conversation coming up here in a second uh yeah Put a pin in that. It's mm-hmm. some great stuff there. I want to, I want
0: to <laughs> okay, so, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, let's go, go on to that because I think that's where we're all we're all heading to. This big question of yeah. uh, Jen. I'd love to start with you. Uh, did you feel like the show did a good job putting him over to new viewers? Is a big threat. I mean, we're kind of talking from the perspective of did he live up to what we talked about. There's also new viewers uh, who didn't see Rebels, mm-hmm. haven't read a book. Um, they talk about him a ton. The first half of the show, the whole show is sort of mm-hmm. predicated on the stakes of it are this scary, soft speaking blue guy might come back and then it's war and we're might lose. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he shows up. Did they put him over? Was the master strategist on display?
4: I think on paper and in theory, I would love to know somebody who, ha- who has no knowledge of Thrawn, what they right. think of him. Because my, my, I'm totally biased. Mm. And mm. Uh, in, my, mm. in my viewing of him, I would have loved to have seen him be a little bit more egotistical. Eh, you know what I mean? Narcissistic. Cause I felt mm. like that was kind of what was coming through in the books for me. Again, maybe mm. I'm remembering this wrong. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of feel like that adding that layer could have brought something interesting to the character. Um, So I don't know. Again, they set the table beautifully. We all know they're telegraphing. This is the bad guy right here. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you really would understand how big of a bad guy, how big of a threat he is. I have no idea. Let us know. If you have no knowledge of throng, what did you think? Leave it in the
0: comments below. No, I
1: really want to know that. Two and and we um I would have had my uh fiance Grace would have been a perfect uh, kind of uh, test for that, but we didn 't finish the series she she we, we want to um um i of course finished but but she stopped after but the third one um. Because that would have been—that's the big question for me. Uh, you hear him in Mando. You hear, you know, uh, Ahsoka asking Elspeth the first time, Uh, and then we all get excited. And then you—you you hear him. You see Captain Paleon and the meeting. And well, the th- th- throne's busy right now, but you—you you, you don't want to mess, piss him off. And then they talk about him. They talk about him. Then we see him, and and does have we got enough yet to have Eddie, everyone buy into him being as. Absolute big threat when he comes back. Uh, you get the sense that there might have been conversations that you know if Thrawn hadn't been taken out, we might have lost the Galactic Civil War. Right? That's kind of the feel. And now that he's back, we might win it. I don't know if if that hundred percent worked, and it's impossible for me to answer that because I just I just know, right? Like, yeah, trust me. I've been telling you since high school in in the nineties that Thrawn's a, Thrawn's a threat. <laughs> and so does was there enough? Showed is it because he's so much of an opposite. He isn't, and he's not going to be the big demonstrative, uh, villain. But I love the moments you're highlighting, Joseph. I think that was one of my favorites was the Thrawn, the, the, the chanting. Um, but how he could do that and how that's going to play out, um, is, is big for me. And a lot of what you were saying, if Thrawn's like, all right, how am I going to win, um, with a beat up broken ship, zombie troopers? and some witches that I definitely appreciate and I've cut a deal with them, but I even, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't deal with that. I just don't want to lose to that kind of stuff again. Um, How does that translate to, to a galaxy that's, uh, uh, you know, kind of thinks they got it all figured out. And we've seen some, there's some questions about the new Republic public and we could probably do and shouldn't, I think we'll do a full episode on the state of the new Republic at this point, if he comes back and, and I'm sorry for making this direct reference again, but but if he's kind of like, I, I have a plan to make the galaxy great again because this isn't great, right? Like nothing has been. And, you know, it's, it's the Warner Herzog thing. How is your rebellion, you know, worked out? Is, is this, is this winning for you? Right. It's, it's Mads and Dial of Destiny saying to the waiter and, and are you enjoying, you know, the freedom you're in fighting in World War II for mm-hmm. this country? Is You, you like that? Um, if he can have that kind of dangerous, almost political uh, demagogue zealot kind of leader, and, and use that. I almost want like a season of just him coming back and going, I'm going to run for office.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about his future. So I, I love what you're saying, Ken. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot uh I'm very curious to see how much he will be just used as a threatening presence versus we're going to get under the skin of him as a character in his mm-hmm. beliefs. Um, for this introduction to him, I feel like a lot of the, build-up before we saw him was was great i think uh just genevieve o'reilly's performance of the line of how real is thrawn's return like monmouth was scared which is successful in making me scared Mm -hmm. for for thrawn himself i think that we got an introduction to the character because we had those various conversations of oh you everybody else would say go left surprise we're going right and morgan's elspeth going like why and him explaining his you know master strategy um I, th- I i think that it would have been great to see a little bit more specific direct ah I can hurt ahsoka because I understand her so well because I understand Anakin
1: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I think the the sort of master strategist was on display in terms of let's see how he thinks he can outsmart uh our our, his, our heroes his opponents up to a point um this is one of those things that's like uh, I would have loved it to be underlined more. I do love that he understands that like the Jedi are relentless in general. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka in particular will be relentless and she will come charging at the front door. It's a thing that gets underlined and highlighted in the clone wars that the Jedi keep trying to come up with complex attack strategies. And Anakin's just like salt the front door with force.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And the fact that Ahsoka does actually do Anakin's tactics that, are on screen in the clone wars. Like, that's the kind of thing that like, I wish it would have been maybe pulled out a little bit more. So we could have seen a little bit more of how much his, his deep understanding um, of, of Anakin would, would, uh, would help. Um, The other things for me that, that did help put him across, even though I would have taken a little bit more of a decisive victory from master strategist analyzation. um, I thought it was powerful that his goal was crystal clear, and that's one of the things that he kept reminding the audience via conversations with Morgan Elizabeth about, of my goal is to escape. And then after that, bigger fish to fry, but right now this is all I care about because Mm. it created this interesting tension with what the stakes were between Ahsoka and Sabine throughout the show that Ahsoka had been in a dark place, and in that dark place had made her more Thrawn-like of clear Objective, period, one thing. It's Mm -hmm. not emotional. It's sacrifice anyone or anything for the objective. His objective is get out of exile. Her objective was stop him from getting out of exile. Sabine and her, uh, you know, epiphanies with Anakin helped her open up to, ah, that's actually a dark, horrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) place to be in sometimes. Uh, So I think that contrast between ahsoka's growth to go maybe rescuing ezra is just as important as stopping thrawn kind of seeing that thrawn's not the character who's ever going to have that epiphany who's not going to understand the value of connection or emotion again this is the kind of thing i would have taken to be uh, maybe a little bit more underlined uh but he's got those lines to sabine about you've risked your entire you've, you've gambled everything on your faith that ezra will have survived mm-hmm. and sabine says uh you would never understand that he kind of has a perhaps not like Mm -hmm, mm that the lack of emotion and lack of understanding emotions is his weakness so i think that was told well um Mm -hmm. final thing i wanted to ask you about you both about in this um when he's kind of alarmed that ahsoka is anakin's apprentice and being like okay we're really gonna have to prepare for this um i i was kind of expecting between weeks for him to Turn the emo- twist the emotional knife on Ahsoka, which he doesn't really do his strategy. He does, once he's already won, and it, to me it's one of the most fascinating thrown moments of, he's about to jump to hyperspace. He doesn't need to necessarily call Ahsoka to twist the knife about, you are everything your master w- was. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's better that a wild ronin Jedi like you which I think the subtext is, a potential murderer, maybe it's best that you're behind. Mm -hmm. So the kind of emotional twist the knife that he might have used as strategy against Ahsoka is saved for uh, gloating right before his victory. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's like, hey, I want to emotionally wound her, so if I ever threaten her again, she's (laughs) unstable. But it is also just gloating before he wins. Ken, how do you feel about that, that, a that Thrawn saved that sort of emotional twist of the knife of Anakin to the end, and that he made what I think is mostly a call just to gloat and say, Good job, Ahsoka, but you failed, and I won. Ha ha, bye. Uh,
1: I, I almost have no memory of that moment in the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I
4: was like, We yeah, were. Um,
1: <laughs> oh had, my god. And
4: uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, You're I,
1: scared. I. I'm and checked out of a lot of the stuff he was doing I've got to be honest and 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 uh i I do like that it's a I consider that a crack in Thron of of this is that's his way not of slipping uh but like you said gloating is something that he doesn't allow himself to do because that's not the goal. Um, so it does show what even Jen, you were talking about earlier that, uh, there, there are a lot of things simmering underneath. He just knows how to either control them. Doesn't know what to do with them. Doesn't fully understand with them, but he understands that and he understands that connection. So I do, I do like that. And that's something I want him to carry forward as he goes uh, back to the galaxy to do whatever he's going to do. Cause step one survived. Like you said, step two will be, well, we're going to figure it out when we get there. Um, and that I have, I have believers there. Clearly there's believers Mm -hmm. there, uh, that we can connect into. So it's a little, it's, it's, uh, it is those favorite, even going back to Rebels, some of the stuff, like you mentioned some of the stuff with the Bendu. I love the, I love the utter confusion on his face when the Bendu's like, yeah, pulled him in there. And so I think it's in that same category And, 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 it sounds like I'm making a joke, but it's just like, there's, there's, there was so much, um, going on in those final couple episodes that it's, uh. Yeah, it, 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 uh, I, maybe that's why I need Thrawn to, to scream it next time versus
0: <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer, um, l- l- I want to break this into a couple questions for you because I really want your thoughts. Were you expecting Thrawn to use his knowledge of Anakin more proactively against Ahsoka?
4: I don't know. I think that I wanted him to be a little bit more, more petty, which is kind of what you're, you're saying happened, which I really do not remember that I've watched this three times and I don't remember. it. Well. And I think that it's, it's me kind of zoning out. I think what, well, because, and this is what I was trying to put my finger on. If you look at star Wars villains, there definitely is a template for villains, right? I mean, look at Palpatine in the prequels. You can go that that extreme that that dramatic right that that corrupt politician you obviously have the emperor Robertine that we know from the <laughs> original trilogy Mads Mickelson's character even like a dead Ramiro from from Andor right they're so deliciously evil so okay we know that Thrawn is not going to be like that Maybe he's going to be more the opposite extreme, right? I still feel like they could. you can have more fun with Star Wars. You can you can amp it up a little bit. You, you could make it more like a Christoph uh, Waltz character from *Inglorious*. Was it Colonel but, Landa <laughs> from *Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. I don't like that. But, you know, like maybe a little bit more charming, narcissistic. Okay. I don't know. I think that that would have helped me really like get more drawn in because what was happening was I would get drawn in and then he would come on screen and I would kind of like zone out. And I'm I'm tired. Let's just put that out there. I'm tired. So that doesn't help. <laughs> and I'm really trying to focus. I have the subtitles on, I have my notes and I'm just like,
1: he's Star Wars, <sighs> he's Star Wars ASMR. He's Star Wars. ASMR. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm having thing. to
4: constantly go back. And what did he say? I literally wrote, I was like, what did he say? Okay. I'm writing it down. <laughs> this is my problem you guys this is what I'm learning this is my problem
0: <laughs> so uh,
4: I, I don't know I, no I, I mean this it, is I my think dis-
0: I think it is I you know I, I think we we put on our analytical hats but we also just put on our humans watching something hats and does it naturally hook us um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think what you are responding to is a very honest it didn't naturally hook you it didn't naturally make you lean mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. and I think for me sometimes when we've talked about um pacing. And as always all caveat. I've got some criticisms of Ahsoka, but I know for other people, it entirely worked. So I'm not saying these are facts. I'm saying there's something that I experienced and maybe other people did. But mm-hmm. I think that the pacing thing isn't about long scenes. The pacing thing is for me about like, um, it's musical. It's a metronome mm-hmm. of speed and mm-hmm. volume. Mm-hmm. And I think there are times where the Ahsoka show kept at a, like a very sort of lyrical beat by beat volume by volume sort of tone and for me i like that there are scenes where i wanted it to have more dynamics and explode more somebody get a little bit hotter mm-hmm. under the collar it's why i liked ezra because i think ezra disrupted yes. uh, that tone yes. i think there are moments where sabine Popped. disrupted yeah. that tone yeah, her, i think uh, Huyang right. disrupted that tone almost every time he had a real emotional chopper <laughs> Cho-
5: chopper, chopper wanting to
0: do a violence mm-hmm. disrupted that tone um for me, I was okay with that with Thrawn, because to me, that is his tone.
5: Mm. It
0: is he he's he's the conductor and he has a baton and he is he is making everybody slow down to his tempo. So mm. that that tempo that bugged me in other parts of Ahsoka personally didn't bug me when it was Thrawn. But it sounds like as a viewer, it affected you, Jennifer, that he was at that sort of uh measured, even tone, and so were his scenes.
4: Give him something to do. Give, I mean, I, I I don't know how much of his collection he has left, or but just give him something to do so that he's like talking. Like I'm just going immediately to the scenes with Andor, right, and uh, and uh, Mon Mothma, and oh my gosh, uh, Luthen,
5: mm-hmm. right.
4: When he's in, he's like in his back room there, and he's just doing things. It just feels more, I don't know, I just get to see more of the character. I get more insight into the character when they're just living. And that's why I actually didn't mind the scenes early on with Sabine, you know, if we talked about like doing the puzzle Mm -hmm. or feeding her loath cat, because it's giving insight into the character and it's just giving these lived-in moments. I don't mind that Mm -hmm. type of pacing, but with Thrawn, I I felt like we didn't get enough of those lived-in moments, which I would Mm -hmm. have liked.
0: Yeah, no, I I can see that. I think for me, I just... It also helped. I This morning I went back and I watched just the Thrawn scenes. I just scrubbed through and be. I'm just focusing on Thrawn. And I, I, there are some moments that I enjoyed the first time around some lines. And I think just scrubbing through and just really watching nothing but uh, Lars Mikkelsen's performance made me really appreciate how uh, how many subtle moments he was taking of mostly the fear that the Jedi would win deciding whether or not he wanted to bring someone in his into his confidence or explain himself more. I think he makes a lot of really great, really fascinating choices. But I think you have to, like, lean forward and be soup And I'm sure people who love Thrawn were like, what are you talking about? That's the first thing I saw because I love Thrawn, and that's right. all my eyes were on in that, in that episode. So I'm, I'm sure these things were there for other people. I really appreciated them. Really, just zeroing in on on Thrawn and seeing those little moments.
1: Hmm. You you have to work a lot, and, and I don't mean that as a bad way. You have to work a lot to understand the man, right? Because he, 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 one of the things we've talked about in, in the the books, I don't remember Air to the Empire series as much as the new Zons, where it's like you don't, you're never inside Thrawn's head. That's never written from that point of view. Mm-hmm. Not so much story is not told from that point of view. So, so much you have to pick up on those little things he does, the cracks, uh, the breaks and, and, uh, but what other people think of it. What other people say about Thrawn is what we know more than what Thrawn actually might be keeping, uh, in, in his uh, closest chest, which is totally fine for me, but it creates a little bit of work sometimes and maybe a little bit of distance. Um, I don't, we're never going to get. Uh, like the outtake, the uh, there are the the, or the, the uh, BTS set photo of Lars in the Thrawn outfit smoking. As uh, as a, I, I imagine that's what Thrawn's like in his downtime when no one's watching, <laughs> just <laughs> thinking about yeah, things. Right. And so sometimes maybe, Jed, uh, I'm with you to agree. it as different as it might be as a style and as a villain and his own setting his own kind of template. Um, uh, it can be a little frustrating where you just kind of like, here he goes again. He's never going to let me. He's never going to let me inside. I'm never going to let it. And so I don't know if that's exactly what you're feeling. I don't want to put words in your mouth, mm-hmm. but I, I, that pops up every now and then for me. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fascinating thing about this this gloating scene. It's, you know, it's in the final episode when mm-hmm. uh, it's what, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ahsoka and Sabine are on the Jedi shuttle. They're racing to catch up, and uh, he basically patches into yeah. the, the shuttle and just like, you, you tried, you know, you know, you are, I know who you are because I know your master and really valiant. Well fought. You almost got me. You didn't. Yeah. Um, it's not underlined, right? It, it, there isn't a character there to go like, Thrawn, we're, we're ready to jump. What's the holdup? Why, why are you taking the time to do this? There isn't somebody <laughs> to under, <laughs> mm-hmm. there isn't an underlined force that there might be in other scripts. Yeah. But for me, if you analyze the character, like this is a man who is in this whole series has been crystal clear on time is our most valuable asset. We need to win it from them and we need to jump. All I care about is, is hitting that button and making the jump mm-hmm. in the last 30 seconds before I can do that. I'm going to call up this Jedi and tell her why I beat her ass mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. And It is a character
0: mm-hmm. moment for me, either a fear that he's not done confronting her and wants to wound her for future conflicts yeah. Yeah. or just a, I do have pride. I am a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Now that victory is in my hand, I'm going to take a moment to tell someone, you know, I beat you, is a character moment for me. Yeah. Whether whether or not it pops for everybody is is an interesting question.
1: Regardless of it pop for me this last go around, I think you're absolutely right. It is one of those moments. It is one of those. And that's a, that's a, that's almost a robot chicken sketch. Uh, Hold on. I got to make a call. Like why? (laughs) um, But I do like what you're saying. I really buy into that, that that's there and that's present.
0: Yeah. Sir, she, she, she knows you beat her like, yes, but I want her to know why. Um, So uh, we're going to take a break in a moment and talk a little bit about Thrawn's future, but I uh, did also just want to have an opportunity to highlight any favorite Thrawn lines or moments. Ken, did you have any favorite Thrawn lines or moments?
1: Loved him uh, struggling ever so slightly to work the Microsoft Surface that he had uh, that was handed to him. Um, uh, it wasn't an iPad. It was a Microsoft Surface sponsor of the NFL where you're just like, he's like, mm, uh, wonderful meme opportunities for Brian Ward. Uh, I love that but I you you mentioned one of my favorite little subtle moments it, the, the 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 great mothers I must kind of call on you again um mm-hmm. it's really interesting because we know some of his history with things that he can't fully understand uh the Jedi and their magical space wizard ways and the fact that he found this out here and it, it was a tip of the tip of the iceberg thing for me of I'm sure it wasn't necessarily an easy decision you know back then at, at step one on Peridia, however he survived, however he runs into them, however I, 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 it might have been he. Yes, he had to convince them to help him. But I wonder how much convincing he had to do himself. And so the fact that he had it was it was there was a, there was a chilling angle to that moment in that line. And I like that. A lot of a lot of the um, uh, engaging with Sabine and, you know, no, no, go go find Astra. I I make mm-hmm. a deal. I stick to it. That's the Thrawn that we know and love and love to hate. and And that was present.
0: Yeah. No, I I really like that, too. I really like um, his his lines aren't delivered it is, you know, over the top as my uh, beloved Palpatine can be. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they were written in a very pulpy way, which I really uh, appreciated. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The Great Mothers, I shall once again require the aid of your dark magic. Yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a pulpy way to describe it. And it is also like a, a to me, like such an acceptance. What a difference between what Jedi devilry, what, you mm-hmm. know. Bonkers, dumb, not practical, magical BS is this to, I understand magical BS is actually quite important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to get me some and I'm going to respect it. Uh, you know, it yeah. is so yeah. clear in that um, his first line, what was first just a dream has become a frightening reality for those that may oppose us. There's a very pulpy, over the top line. Uh, the desire to be united with your long lost friend. How that singular focus will reshape our galaxy. Yeah. So I, I do like it when he, even if he's not sort of ranting, he does speak in a little bit more of a, a pulpy, larger, villainous way. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, any any beats that you uh, particularly uh, noted?
4: Mm, that is interesting, uh, uh, the text. Um, so I like the moment when he tells Morgan and Elspeth that the Jedi may board the ship, which would be, and he takes a slight pause, Problematic.
5: <laughs> I just,
4: I love that. That to me was like the, the glimmer of kind of what I was searching for. It just, I really felt, <laughs> I really felt what he was feeling. Um, even in the most dire circumstances, he remains calm and collected. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Final thing for me is I really think if you uh, watch it through, really keeping your eye on Thrawn, I I think it is played very subtly, at least at a four, as you're saying, Jennifer. (laughs) But I think there is a through line of true fear, anger, animosity uh, toward the Jedi, toward the existence Mm -hmm. of them. There's the, the Balin skull of the Jedi order. There's that the Jedi would be problematic um, when, when the uh, great mothers report to him that Ahsoka survived, there's real, like, this is unfortunate. Um, it's yeah. more than just like, ah, oh, this is, a pro- this is a problem that maybe he can't handle and he feels the pain and the wound. He's got that, um, uh, good, just little saucy dig at them when, when Ahsoka is hiding in the, uh, the graveyard, the pergol bone graveyard, he says Jedi are very good at hiding. They've been practicing that for years. Mm-hmm. That's that's practically him doing like a, a, a roast of the Jedi, <laughs> you know, for him. That's a comedy central roast. Yeah. Um and then my my final favorite thing I wanted to share along those Jedi line is uh there is that I think his biggest moment is uh he knows Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra are doing the ground assault. He's prepared for it. He's got the layers of defense with the Knight Sisters and ready to send Morgan Elsbeth to her to her death. Uh, and he's still afraid they'll get through. And when they get through, uh, in, in get into the door uh, of the temple, there's a cut to him and he his lip curls and like Thrawn mm-hmm. is actually shook. Mm-hmm. It's it's small, but he is actually upset. Concerned, angry that he has to deal with the potential that they might stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, even his line about the the ordering the firing on him, he says, "Rain hellfire on them," which is also for him, like not just like you know forward cannons, hundred percent. It's rain hellfire on them. Yeah. It, it, it delivered at a four, but the actual text is in eleven. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Any other uh, uh, Thrawn moments uh, that you want to highlight or shall we take a quick break?
1: No, take a break. I, I was going to say, I do like the chanting, but is that a Thrawn moment or a night trooper moment? We'll let the gods decide. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think it's a, perhaps a, a night uh, trooper moment uh, that Thrawn benefits from. Uh, and we did, uh, I screwed up in the show notes. We should recommend a book. Ken, do you oh. have a, a book that you'd like to recommend? I do, unless you had, Jen, did you
1: want to jump in there? Sounds like you were excited for a book recommendation. I have. No, no, I just was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, books. Books are good. Uh, That's right, I'll be on an airplane flight. Will I actually read a book like I always tell myself or just fall asleep? We'll find out. Uh, But I'd like to recommend a book that came out in October, and uh, I kind of missed that it did, and I want to catch up. It is Crimson Climb by E.K. Johnston, the story of Kira Post Solo, Uh, perhaps leading up to the comics. I don't know because I haven't read it yet, but you can try it on us by uh going to audible going to com slash force center once again this audible trial dot com slash force center try that book help the show out and help your ears indeed that is our force center recommends
0: that is great i can't wait to check that one out myself got a big pile of books to catch up on we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna talk about the future of throng
1: We are on the big show, the main show, the superstar Destroyer of Thrawn's Fleet, which is down to one, and it's broken, (laughs) but it's still got the tattoo, and it's got some loyal zombie troopers. Uh, Joseph, we're going to continue our look at Thrawn Unleashed.
0: Yeah, so in the uh, Ahsoka series, Thrawn clearly functions as uh, the big bad, the major threat, uh... It's clear that he wants to return from exile and that he intends to wage war on the New Republic. Uh, It's uh, horrible news for those that oppose us that he's coming back. Mm -hmm. So his immediate goals are very clear. But what uh, do you think, either from the Ahsoka series, from books, from your personal gut feeling of who Thrawn is, what do you think his deeper wants are? Is it still to ultimately defend and protect his people, the just Ascendancy? Is it something more personal? Ken, why do you think Thrawn wants to wage war on the new republic
1: i think there's some sort of revenge tour about to happen and i think he is upset uh that oh, he ended up here he ended up on the sidelines well and, and and here's i guess by this point i'm just asking i don't know this answer does he does he know what happened because <laughs> ezra yeah. just got the download this is thrown like uh, i'm gonna go is palpatine here what
0: <laughs> I think that it feels to me like the great mothers might have some amount of vision right mm, okay uh,
1: yeah,
0: I don't that, think they're like yeah Vader threw him down a shaft because yeah. Luke was a nice dad <laughs> like I don't think they have the play by play but like yeah. I it feels like the great mothers would be aware like a darkness is in recession mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah no asked answer I I I kind of agree with you on that there but uh, to to his ultimate goal I I, I think there's and this, I don't want to go total negative conversation here, but the, the, I I think he wants to come back right now in my mind to dominate, to rule the galaxy. And I'm waiting because I know there's got to be more. So I'm waiting for that to be explained, not more directly, just in your face and here's the text, but just I'd love to see the example of what he really wants to do. Because hanging over it is this Chiss ascendancy. Uh, now, we – me did not finish – the series that evolved, involved uh, his beloved chess. So I don't know the end. I'll Wikipedia it, everybody. Comment down below how much <laughs> you hate that I didn't read the books. Um, is he upset with them? Did he, why did they come find me? Uh, are they around to be saved? Did mm. the grist quit? I don't know those answers. Mm.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's the thing. I don't think it matters, right? Mm. You can't upload all that right now to a TV uh, and, and film viewing audience, I don't think. And this now goes beyond your question, Joseph, to just the practicalities. This is why I think there's not two different Thrawns. There's book series that understand and it helps you understand, explain more of Thrawn in his story. Um, but right now, I, I, you know, to me, and that's why a lot of people will read the, like, oh, you got to read the books, you'll understand. He's he's not evil. He's not evil. And I'm like, but on screen. He's hanging out with Palpatine at parties, you know, tea, they're having tea together. He's helping space Hitler. And, and I don't care how much he's helping his people. He's chosen poorly to me. So right now that boils down to your question is, I think he just wants to dominate and win for his mm. reasons that we're going to understand or hope that one day understand. And I'd like to see him do it in some certain ways, like I was hinted at earlier. But for right now, what does he want to come back to do to, to, to win?
0: Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, how do you feel about what his his personal or strategic motivation is in waging war against the Republic and in reinstating a version of the Empire?
4: What I think is interesting is if you have no knowledge of him and you see that moment where he says, for the Empire, you're going to think, oh, he's for the Empire, right? You're not going to mm-hmm. know about his just mm-hmm. people or anything like that. So that is a moment where I... W- and they would have had to include it in some in something, but. some sort of dialogue, right? They would have had to to give that backstory, or I don't know, like when he delivers the line, layer it. Like we saw this in Game of Thrones, going back to Game of Thrones, so much where people are saying one thing, but you know that there's something else is going on, and they're actually fighting for a different allegiance. I don't know. There's a lot of backstabbing going on. I I kind of if he's not for the empire, and he he is doing this for his for his own purpose. I kind of would have liked to see that layered underneath. This is where I'm like, did, did, are they clear? Thank you, Mala. Are, are they clear with his motivations? Did Dave Filoni tell, uh, Lars Mickelson, here's your character's motivations. That's incredibly important as an actor Mm -hmm. to know who are you really? what What are, why are you doing all this? Why do you care? The why, mm-hmm. the why, the why, the mm-hmm. why. So I'm hoping that somebody <laughs> knows the why and maybe they're going to set it up in another season.
0: Yeah, this is all fascinating because I think for the sake of uh, people who've never read any Thrawn books or comics, just watched him in, in Rebels and in Ahsoka, his function is he is a true believer of the Empire. And mm-hmm. we accept lots of uh, you know Imperial characters that we meet as true believers. Mm-hmm. I think for me what it, what makes me want more is is Thrawn is and has always been a more complex character. Um right. that it, it's it's exactly. easy to accept uh Piat or even right. Krennic. Krennic mm-hmm. we kind of understand is this sort of like middle management I want my pride I want my glory so there's even something a little bit personal but he's a true believer. He, mm-hmm. His you know when uh, when Galen says to him that line about uh, you're confusing order with terror and he's like well you got to start somewhere you get that he's a person of apathy Mm -hmm. and just like Mm -hmm. i only care about how this benefits me so i guess krennic we get a little bit more um and i think thrawn absolutely could totally function as just like a true believer in uh authoritarian rule his his mind is extremely ordered and he is one of those persons who who truly believes um the trains should run on time i can make the trains run on time and you're petty freedoms where you want to all have different train schedules on different planets. Mm -hmm. I'm going to impose my will on you that the galaxy should be very, very ordered. And I'm the one who can order it. That's, that's personal up to a point because that's him uh, taking, whereas Palpatine just wants power for himself. That's Mm -hmm. Thrawn taking Mm -hmm. his worldview that emotions are messy, conflicting interests are messy, Find out what people need, manipulate them just enough so that they give you what you want, which is order, and mm-hmm. keep it all ordered. I think that would be a fine character. I think mm-hmm. that would be great to dive into. I believe this is the way the galaxy should be. So I, I would be fine if it stopped there, but I also do want to get under the surface and feel that he just believes that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to talk more about his his motivations from the books but but i first want to just ask you both how do you feel about that how do you feel about him being a true believer in rigid order which i don't think even palpatine is that's a that's a lie that palpatine says i'm bringing you order he's like haha what i'm bringing you is my thumb on all of you i'm yeah you know i'm bringing domination and i'm calling it order yeah but Thrawn I think actually believes in order. What do you think about that Ken?
1: Yeah, no, that that be that's very intriguing because yeah, just in terms of Palpatine, we know the lie, right? You know, it, 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 you know, safe and secure society. Meanwhile, crime's up, marauders are up, violence is up, death is up. I don't care. I got the yeah. power, unlimited power. That's what I want. So, yeah, the, and, and what what a general sweeping overview look at the rise of Palpatine, but you know what I mean? But what you're saying uh, makes Thrawn different. And again, this I don't need this in direct dialogue and wouldn't have it expected it so far on his journey into live action but that he looks around and goes yeah oh there is space pirates oh there's marauders crime is on the rise i don't like that that, because that's not order either so how do we Mm -hmm. do this uh i'll learn i'll learn what you need i'll learn what you want then i'll use it against you and i will rule i'll rule because i like order um the o- that only thing that i i, I want to know why he he himself would want to sit in the chair is that just so he can ensure the order i'm not questioning it i'm not saying it, 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 this is negative i'm just like why does not he also just want to just go off to his home and retire in in chistown you know what i mean what what's driving him to like i so believe in order and i so want to give you all order f- in the way that i want that i'm 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 i want to sit here on this throne so to speak forever um this that could be yeah. chilling
0: that exact point is why i hope they bring the Chiss into it i don't think they need to get into a complex Basque story of mm-hmm. the the, the chis's war with the the grisk um yeah. i think just that like i came uh, my my people are off in the unknown regions mm-hmm. uh, uh i came to this part of the galaxy kind of make a deal with the empire of help them dominate the galaxy. And when the time is right, they'll help my people. Mm -hmm. And then I got, I was doing that. That was going great. Then I got exiled. Now I come back. I've never been a toady to the emperor Vader. I've handled them. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I know that Palpatine knew that I was handling him and we had a mutual we're beneficial to each other. Great. But now there's no Palpatine. There's no Vader. I, Mm -hmm. Thrawn, have never been a toady. And now Mm -hmm. I have no one to be a toady to. I am going to take this galaxy for my people. Mm -hmm. And all you would really need to know is I have have people that I come from. And now there's no emperor. There's no Vader. There's no one to compete for being in charge of this. I'm going to put the entire galaxy in order. I'm going to gift that wrapped this part of the galaxy that we've been fighting over for my people. Mm-hmm. And maybe it even is like a chess domination.
5: Mm. You know,
0: I'm going to mm-hmm. hand this mm-hmm. galaxy to the chess. And I don't think you need to know a complex backstory. I'll, I think all you need to know is I have a people mm-hmm. and everything I've ever done is to ensure their safety. And I'm going to bring this galaxy under control and give it to my people, mm-hmm. or this part of the galaxy and give it to my people. I would love that because I think it just makes him more complex. It makes him very different from Emperor yeah. Vader. But I think there is a possibility that he is just sort of like a a true believer, big bad, and we don't get into that depth. But I just think it's leaving a lot of the character on the table to not get into that.
1: I really agree with that, and Jen definitely. I uh, want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. There, sorry to jump back in, but I really agree with that, and that that I, I think there's still time. We'll talk about the exact, mm-hmm. you know, literal future episodes, shows, whatever. It just seems in terms of not just live action, I don't even remember, remember it, remember me and mentioned that much in Rebels. I bet there's some folks out there who are like, what's a chiss? And, and I'm not saying that as a joke or, or cutting them mm-hmm. down, who are just like, because I, I had friends who, you know, were engaged in Rebels who text me during Ahsoka. They're like, wait a minute, ah- Ahsoka was trained by Anakin? And 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 I'm not doing, again, not doing it as a joke. I'm just doing it as this is mm-hmm. the reality of the viewing audience. There's a lot of information out there because what you're saying is that's, that's some depth. And that could be in keeping with what we know of him. He does that. He everyone else, there's Chiss and everyone else are assets that I use to help the Chiss. That's that's one of his big things. That's why people might argue. Well, he's actually good, but um, and I even think he realizes that good people don't do that. Thrawn does this. I I do that. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I I don't know if it's too late. I don't think that's the correct mm. answer. But I would have I loved already some of some of it could have been layered in i don't it's it's I, but also I, as i'm thinking sorry sorry rambling but it's like he, I, there wouldn't be any point in the sissoka series where he's like uh, let me tell you about the chiss like what no there's too much going on there's <laughs> right. too much going on it wouldn't work right that's-
0: you know yeah i think that's why i like these little hints of of seeing the the cracks in his shell and seeing that yeah. this is personal to him he does not like being exiled and when he gets don't back like it. it's it's bad news for anybody who opposes him he's not just like gotta get back see how my people are doing he's like no i'm bringing the thunder yeah um and that makes it personal and i think opens the door to getting into more depth jennifer how do you feel about introducing at all just the idea of he he doesn't look like your standard imperial officer uh and audiences who haven't read books or comics don't know where he comes from and that he has other people he cares about do you want that introduced at all or do you feel like that gets too too complex
4: it needs to be set up where he is on the same level of a Palpatine and a Vader, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I think that what happens is, is that when you're watching this, especially if you have no knowledge of him, you may think of him more like a Krennic or a Hux. And mm-hmm. especially for the, for the Empire, right? He's he's not like that. He's not like those guys. So there's no desperation, right? Which is what mm-hmm. I immediately <laughs> think of with the other two. Yeah. A layer of desperation. So I think that that that... I don't want to say it's too late, like you're saying, Ken, but I, I do feel I love the idea of him being driven by law and order. And that could be a really interesting st- storyline motivation to ramp up. Um, and it, And it could make it even more complex where we see, well, I kind of would like him to be a little bit more likable. As a villain, I think that's why he, on paper in the books, is so interesting. Is because people do see him as like, well, I, I do see what he's doing there. Okay, yeah, yeah, he hangs out with the bad guys, but uh, he may have a point, right? I think that that could be something really great to play with. I don't know if we're going to get that in the next season of Ahsoka. It is Ahsoka, so mm-hmm. he would have to really. I mean, he could maybe be in a lot of episodes, but it's it's just so much material to to bring and how it's like they've done such a great job at bringing the things from the books into animated shows and live action. But this is one that is a big challenge, I think.
0: Hmm. Mm, yeah. I just think it's a, it is a challenge. I also just think it's an opportunity to, yes, yes, to make yeah. him. I think the thing that I'm bumping against is he's not a, a He's not a toady. He's not just like a true believer in Palpatine's empire. If he wins, mm-hmm. he's not erecting a statue of Palpatine unless it's a manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even with Moff Gideon, we we had the clarity that this was just like kind of narcissism. Mm-hmm. Of right. He's a conqueror and he took the Mandalorians and he he beat them and he can take their culture and it's his now because they're weaker than him. That was all narcissism. So we understood truly yeah. where he's coming from. And I just I want that from Thrawn because he's because I feel like somebody watching Ahsoka might just think. Oh, he's he's no different than he's a much better version of uh, of Admiral Piet. He's right. a true mm-hmm. and there's more, and I want more. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yes, uh, I, yeah, another, like, uh, no, I just uh, yeah, I, I agree because
1: I I mean say when I say it's too late, I don't think that's I don't think that's not really right. It's never too late. Uh, right. it, it it's just mm-hmm. how, and I'm just this is go. I'm trying to look at it from someone who just doesn't know Thrawn like others do, including us. And how how best to do that? Luckily, I don't you know out of my pay pay range pay scale, as they say, um, mm-hmm. to figure it out because it, it would be really interesting to me. Other than, uh, hey, I'm gonna come back. Why to kick ass? Like, sure, 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 sure. Um, and why everyone is Mothman is afraid? Like,
5: why,
0: why, 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 why? He's a grandmaster strategist. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right um yeah absolutely and to be clear I don't think that they should have or needed to work the chiss into Ahsoka I think for me this is yeah, about yeah. thinking forward mm-hmm. and uh we'll talk a little bit now about where he might show up um so many many fans feel that Thrawn is being set up to be the big bad of Filoni's film that I think is uh, many many people believe that I don't think that has been you know confirmed out of mm-hmm. the mouths of anyone right. working for Lucasfilm uh Filoni's film was described by StarWars.com as focusing on the New Republic and closing out the interconnected stories told in The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and other Disney Plus series. So uh, what is your feeling, Ken, right now? Do you feel like Filoni's film is building to be uh, an adaptation, well, e- even a very loose one, of loose one. Air to the Empire? This is the New Republic versus Thrawn's. Almost successful imperial remnant taking back the galaxy.
1: I I think so, right? And and I, I even I want to try to think of another option uh, for him to check down to. I, and I don't think one exists yet. Um, we'll put a pin in the conversation around the, the Night Sisters. But uh, he's obviously been a, a fan of those books. He's pulled for them in so many ways. Thrawn Rook coming back, but and, and I, I've never believed that it would be an exact. You know, and it's certainly not what you are suggesting. Like this is Dark Force Rising. This is the last command. No, 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 no. But it it's definitely intriguing. It's work. It works because of the new republic being in this unstable uh uh era. Uh they're not on solid ground. Uh there's I'm so intrigued by the we've got this great victory, but did we can we keep that momentum going forward or our choices and decisions going to just lead to bigger problems, bigger wars. And, and, and history in our own worlds is proven. It usually leads to wars, you know,
5: like <laughs>
1: for all intents and purposes, Vietnam war began in, in, in the late forties and fifties. Like it, it just, the, the situ, political situation and all that stuff going on. So I'm intrigued by that. And I think they're, they've done such a good job with how many times have the three of us and other friends I know texted me, what the hell's up with the New Republic, man? Seems like a bunch of bleeps. Like <laughs> and, and and I so I think Thrawn is the perfect villain for that scenario based on a lot of the things we're hoping for, maybe wanting, and that's not always the best way to look at these stories, just see what's there. But it seems like Filoni understands that. It seems like he knows as he's looking at landscape and getting a chance to kind of go back, Force Awakens comes in and establishes this, the First Order, this, all these things, and he gets to go kind of play in these open areas of the timeline, this Thrawn makes the most sense to me.
0: Yeah. How do you feel, Jennifer? Do you feel like this is where, what Thrawn is being set up for being placed on the, uh, the chessboard to be the, the big villain of the finale of this new Republic era?
4: I think so. I think so. Uh, I, yes, (laughs) I think that there might be some other threats Maybe to him or to the newer public. I don't know if it's I feel like it's not just gonna be him or if it is gonna be him, we need we need to build this out a little bit so that people really get to understand why he is this big threat uh, for the casual viewers. Um, I don't know. I, I think that they could just go weirder with it. L- bring the bring the East Mary, whatever they're called,
0: <laughs>
4: right? Let's bring it. bring it. I'm out. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I feel like it is heading toward this big conflict between mm-hmm. the New Republic and the Imperial Remnant and Thrawn is being set up to be the, the really effective leader of that. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be on an even emotional level. One of the things I love about Thrawn in the books is instead of leading with fear and intimidation, he leads his uh, his ships by uh, setting challenges and offering rewards and giving people gold stars when they do well. And I think that's that's is what make he, what makes fans of Thrawn sympathetic to him sometimes because it was like, if I worked at Subway and he was my manager, I would just love Thrawn. Mm-hmm. He's a really good manager. Right. It's just that he doesn't work at Subway. He works at galacticdomination.com, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think there is room to have some sort of like not just military prowess, but sort of argument to the galaxy better made than than the client did or Moff yeah. Gideon did of like, I can bring all of this chaos to an end mm-hmm. and give you all gold stars. So I think he is positioned in a character way to do that. I, I also just think that we should be careful as fans to not get so excited about the sort of the heir to the empire that we don't remember everything that the, new, that the Mandoverse has been setting up. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Mm-hmm. If there's one big theme connecting Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, it's change. It's mm-hmm. this idea of our heroes keep arguing for, can we please break the cycle? Yeah. Can we please avert war and conflict and work together and have peace? Everything from Harris's speech in Ahsoka to Garza Fwip's, uh mm-hmm. speech uh, to Chrysanthemum to, you know, the the pirate Vane, just straight up saying to, to Grief Karga, this used to be a cantina. You can't make it at school. I mm. won't, I won't let you change. Right. So I feel like that has they're building that to if this movie is the culmination of that storytelling, I feel like Thrawn is gonna have to represent uh it the the uh no we can't change the Imperial Order is coming back, period. Yeah. And I feel like the movie is probably gonna have this sort of bittersweet idea of. Thrawn is defeated. The Imperial Remnant is defeated at a high cost and setting up the galaxy to be what we see in The Force Awakens, which is basically our world between the two world wars of, Mm -hmm. yep, it's quite obvious that Mm -hmm. Hitler is a problem, Mm -hmm. but we we just had a war called the war to end all wars. And so we're going to go la, 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 and just, you Mm -hmm. know give give the crazy (laughs) yelly guy a little bit of what he wants and it'll be fine yeah um take half of poland and then and that's it it, right that's all you need right let's be reasonable stalin will take the other
1: half you take we're good
0: it's fine it's fine yeah this whole idea of appeasement i think is so at at the heart of the (sighs) way force awakens is set up and i think that's what's going on with the new republic setting up a world where this this push to defeat Thrawn hurts and people are like we're just gonna if any other Imperial Remnant comes up, we're just gonna put our fingers in our ears and go la 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 la, which mm-hmm. is already what's happening with Thrawn in mm-hmm. in this era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. mm-hmm. so interesting to see how that will all affect Thrawn. Um, I want I do want to touch on the Knight Sisters. So if, if Thrawn yeah. is the big bad of the uh, Filoni film, do you think the Knight Sisters will play into it or are they uh destined for their own different adventures? That was one of the biggest surprises of Ahsoka. That the, the Night Sisters resurgent was uh, mm-hmm. set up with all of those uh, boxes of Night Sister yeah. <laughs> remains. Uh, Jennifer, how do you feel about the Night Sisters' future and if it's tied to Thrawn?
4: I love the Night Sisters. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, I had such high expectations and I felt like they didn't, they were just a tool for mm-hmm. Thrawn. And I, I didn't like that actually. (laughs) I didn't, I I didn't like that. I like that they have their own agency. Um, So I hope that we see more of them. I believe we're going to see more of them. I mean, here's the thing is that when they appear in the clone wars, those episodes are scary. Mm
3: -hmm. I feel
4: like the episodes in the animated series are scarier than how they were in the live action. So Mm -hmm. I want, I want to push it more. Basically, you guys, I'm a drama queen. Let's just put put that out there. (laughs) I love the drama, the melodrama. And I just, I want to see more of their dark magic. I want to see more of them being not as like, I don't know. I don't know. Just being more, not duplicitous, but just like, they have their own thing going on. And yeah, they're going to help. But do they really, like, they have their own agenda right yeah maybe that's because of mother talls it and all that so again no, I, my judgment is being a bit biased
0: i love seeing all of their their pulpy dark magic and uh, morgan elspeth's journey and morgan elspeth you know thrawn saying for the empire and her saying no for for dathomir
5: mm-hmm, one of my mm-hmm. favorite
0: beats in, in the mm-hmm. entire soka series and i feel like again maybe i'm maybe i'm reading into it but i I really like that scene where we we're seeing that the ship is going straight to Dathomir mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. night sisters and the great mothers are going to Dathomir and
3: mm-hmm. Thrawn
0: is kind of looking over it. And to me, there's some ambivalence of like, well, the great mothers and I made an arrangement that worked for us. Mm-hmm. I woke them up. I'm I got them. Neither of us could get back to where we wanted to be without one another.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And now that moment for Thrawn of like, Am I looking out over my cool great knight sister army, or am I about to be stabbed in the back? Mm-hmm. Can I make my way out of this? And that—that that to me is one of the most interesting tensions because, yes, the knight sisters we know have their own needs, their own wants, their own ambitions. I don't think the great mothers are just going to turn around and go, "What else do you need of us, Thrawn?" Right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have what they want. Knight sisters resurgent on Dathomir, and is that going to align with Thrawn? Is Thrawn going to say? I need to take back the galaxy. I have a bunch of toady (laughs) admirals who survived Mm -hmm. and broken down old stormtroopers. If you help me overthrow the new republic, I'll give you half of Poland. I'll give you know. I'll (laughs) give you half of. What do you want? You you can have whatever you want in my new regime, and Mm -hmm. they'll stay together. Or will it be immediate? Like thanks, Thrawn, and here come the Mm -hmm. the fiery knives for Thrawn himself. That's what's fascinating to me. Yeah.
1: i I really love this uh, night sister wrinkle and uh I i, I admit to and I don't just, I don't know at what point uh, Morgan Ellsworth was a night sister right uh, was mm-hmm. it from day one on a cocktail napkin that Dave sketched something or was it down the line you know I, I don't care I, I just love the end result I love that reveal I love in the trailer when we also oh, wait 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 is that green is it oh what is she a witch? Uh, I really love this stuff. Uh, uh, because how much they leaned into it in Clone Wars, you right, Jen some of the best stuff. Uh, oh, it's 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 a horror film. Uh, powerful human themes human. and lessons. Yeah. Dooku, Palpatine destroying them and turning on them, and Asajj, and you know it, they do that hug with M- Mother Talzin is is a sense of home and community, and you've always mm-hmm. got the sense that the that the Knight sisters kind of. Hear me out here, kind of want to be. Hey, we're just gonna be over here doing our thing, but that also might be because they've been overlooked, they've been misused, they've been destroyed. So, what do they really want now? And now that the great mothers have a chance to maybe rewrite some history here. Uh, mm. or, going for or not rewrite history, but change history for themselves. You know, as they go forward, uh, I I really intri- am intrigued by that, and, and you know, and, and talk about pulling things from old legend stuff, the Knight Sisters being pulled forward, into what courtship of Princess Leia, Truce of B'ker, that that era, yes, mm-hmm. um, yes, and pulling them into Clone Wars has been great, and so to pick up the thread here now, then my final thought on this too, uh, in in a story that might lack the Sarah, the, the the Star Wars uh, Jedi versus Sith trope to have the night sisters fill that void in a way of, mm. of the dark magic you know what are they using it for all those kind of things that's just intriguing for me as well i I think one of the big victories of the series was the night sisters being on full live action display
0: totally agreed and uh feloni had a quote um in in one of those um I believe Anthony Bresnick in you know many articles mm. mm-hmm. um that he talking about the new Republic conflict with the Imperial remnant and that that needed to look different and be different. It couldn't just be the same.
5: Right, mm-hmm. right, and that
0: made right, me right. feel like, Oh, mm-hmm. that, that that's making me feel like Thrawn is going to offer the Night Sisters something going like, I I know you're not just loyal to me. What do you want? What do you need? Um, yeah. Because it would be really cool to have a big budget live action movie where Ezra is leading, you know, a, a team of four sensitives, Against an army of Night Sisters. So saying, yeah, Mother Talzin tried to just sort of smooth things over with Sidious and mm-hmm. she got slaughtered for it. And the Night Sisters aren't just hanging out on Dathomir, We're taking what's ours. Yeah. yeah. It would be great. Yeah.
1: Right. In Rangor again right
0: in a rancor yeah <laughs>
1: right in a rancor uh and then bring just bring back boba fett to be like i learned it too and they fight
4: <laughs>
0: Rancor right rancor, <laughs> oh I don't my know. gosh crazy Max smack- meant by bringing <laughs> all the threads together of
4: the action movie. figure dreams in my yeah. action figure <laughs> dreams
0: uh just a couple more thron questions here um if thron is indeed the major villain of this uh felony film uh do we hope or expect to see him in other Disney Plus shows? We got Mandalorian season four. Um, who knows? He, he could be menacing the children in Skeleton Crew, for all we know. Uh, uh, <laughs> second season of Ahsoka, we don't know what that would be. Uh, or or is this fine? He just He's yeah. exactly where he needs to be, and he can pop up in the movie. <laughs> Ken, how do you feel? Uh,
1: I hear you like space Turkish delight. Uh, let me <laughs> you. Um, this is where, oh. I, I don't mean this to sound internety YouTube angry anger gang car this is where I think they they I they they need to do uh keep setting him up for me I I don't think he's movie ready and I don't want him to be movie ready because I think even just what we discussed here even just the politics of it why is mothma scared why who who in the galaxy is like Eh, you know, it, it, yeah, you're right. Uh, it is not uh, the order that I'd like. Uh, check the crime rates in Coruscant. They're going up. They're going up. Uh, I, I, that, that's all intriguing. So I do want him to appear. Uh, Skeleton crew doesn't seem to be the right spot. We don't know quite yet, but doesn't seem to be the right spot. Um, um, Mando season four, you know, what? Do we, the only thing we know about it is, might be kind of Rangers of the New Republic-y. Uh, you know, but that's not that's not been stated anywhere. That's just kind of what we think. Um, I, I Yeah. So I think I want to know why we're fighting them just a little bit more. And that, and I mean that in terms of that's exciting to find out.
0: Yeah, I think that the whole, you know, the Rangers, of the New Republic announcement and, and what, what weird floating quotes about those, those stories are being Mm -hmm. wrapped up into other things i I think what we do have in a concrete way is you know din goes to carson teva at the end of mandalorian season three and basically says like i need work um but i want to take just work so if you got any imperial problems slip them my way so he din is sort of set up to be carson teva's personal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. imperial stomping machine which feels to me like there's very much room to show Grand Admiral, Grand Admiral Thrawn's efforts to unite the Imperial remnants, yeah, because it, it seems like Carson Teva could send Din and Grogu on a mission that unravels and exposes this right. bigger problem. <laughs> yep. yep, that that leads us, if not to Thrawn in person, uh, to Thrawn's machinations. Uh, so I think Mandalorian yep. season four is a is a possibility. Jen, how do you feel? Do you want him to pop up in other seasons, uh, or do you want him to just jump out <laughs> live in theaters?
4: I, I was trying to look up right now Mando season three because there was an episode that was I really loved I think it was d- directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, um, and it just felt so different. It was like one felt like one lone episode. Oh my gosh, you guys yeah, remember with the Jack
1: Black Lizzo now. episode?
4: No, I know. Oh, man, I Maybe like it was. Oh my gosh. Anyways, the point is is that I think Mando season four they could do one episode with Thrawn. Mm. Really focusing it on him, and you can do a lot. I mean, look at the Luke episode in, in the Mandalorian; they did so much with that. So I think that that could really, like you're saying, Ken. I don't know if he's <laughs> he's not ready for prime time just yet. Um, I'd, yet. I'd like not to yet. get a little bit more right yeah. and yeah. introduce him to to people and and introduce him to us, <laughs> so we kind of know like you're- what. You're What's describing you're
1: describing some sort of party where we're just gonna Din's gonna walk in and everyone's like, hey, this is uh my friend Thrawn, everybody. Uh but no, I agree with you. Could you imagine a Din and Thrawn scene? Just the most quietest lo-fi ASMR scene in Star Wars history. <laughs> I
0: love it. I I I think since since Carson Tava's been a true believer, he was included in Ahsoka, maybe the mission of the season that that Din likes to go around and tell everybody what he's doing, um, is maybe Carson Tava says we know Thrawn made it back. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be found. And yeah. He would be going around the galaxy saying like, I'm on a mission to find this blue bad man. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's lots of discussion about Ahsoka season two. I'm going to put a thought out there and then I, I'm curious uh, what both of you think. I think just because we're introduced to Thrawn uh, in live action in Ahsoka, I don't feel like he's necessarily set up for an Ahsoka season two. I feel like for myself a season two of Ahsoka, I would want to be dealing with the other galaxy. I would want it to be mm-hmm. Balin, Shin and the Marauders. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, there's that kind of feeling of Ahsoka and Sabine are where they need to be. So why is it is it a return to Mortis? I feel like there's so much story that could yeah. just be that other galaxy. I, I question whether whether Ahsoka's even going to make it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and and B, like, I think before the end of the Ahsoka series, I kind of thought, like, yeah, Ahsoka might really take a leadership role in this movie uh, against Thrawn. But now it almost feels like this idea of Ezra's where he needs to be Mm -hmm. to oppose Thrawn, and Ahsoka's where she needs to be heading toward the whispers of Mortis Mm -hmm. uh, feels to me like Ahsoka's on a different path. Ken, how do you feel about all yeah,
1: that. It's, it makes me think of a traveling Wilberry song, Heading for the Light. <laughs> yeah, I really think you just put a really fine point on it for me. Uh, who is Thrawn's rival? It's Ezra. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's Ezra. And, mm-hmm. and the sense of, uh, you know, it's, it's something close to Dave's uh, Jedi lore, love and hard. That's the Twin Sons episode. We've broken down here so many times and we'll probably do it again. Ezra, you're not supposed to be here. I, Obi Wan, am supposed to be here with Maul. And my reasons for being here. You need to. That's the. That's what the force is about here, right? You, you, that's what you got to find out where your your journey really takes you. And I think Ezra versus Thrawn is is the X versus Sever the Star Wars galaxy that we're gonna get. <laughs> but man, uh, that the. And this is a rewatch appreciation for me more than even the first time through Ahsoka. All the players you're talking about, Shin holding the blade high up, and the, and the Marauders going, she's gonna kill us or rule us?" Uh, Balin. God rest you, Ray Stevenson. Man, uh, I, I, you know I'll see what they do with that. I'll be open to a recasting because I think the character is valuable. Um, I, I there's so so much more to explain with Balin. Uh, we, I think we just scratched the surface of that wonderful character. Mm-hmm. And then Ahsoka and Sabine. I, I don't think that's Sabine's final spot. I'm not even predicting that that's Ahsoka's final spot because I can also see uh, this is real world. But Dave, going, I'm doing a movie. Ah, Ahsoka is going to be around like it is so but but going forward to a season two I really think you're right really think you're right that that's Ahsoka yeah. and pretty
0: The the ending of Ahsoka made me feel like uh when I collected action figures as a kid and was truly playing with them uh mm-hmm. and as I said before my brother and I were kind of obsessive about creating an actual narrative there was like you needed at least a hero a sidekick a villain and a trooper and now <laughs> you got a story you can play with your action figures and it really felt like pretty this other galaxy had like that's enough action figures to start a new franchise, right there. You got with all those different people and their needs. Oh. really? Yes,
1: really. So. Really sound like Carl Weathers going. You got yourself a soup.
0: <laughs> 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 you got yourself action figures, too, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, thoughts about Thrawn uh, in this Ahsoka series or his future for you, Jennifer?
4: I think that he's going to have to be introduced at the end of season two for Ahsoka. I think you're right about the whole hmm. storyline with Ahsoka and Sabine. That could, uh, Mortis, oh my gosh, there's so much to mine there alone. That if they introduce him again at the towards the end of the series, again, <laughs> it could set us up to a cliffhanger for the movie.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, Ken, any final thoughts uh, for you about Thrawn and Ahsoka or his future or or just strong feelings about Thrawn?
4: Here's, is, I,
1: I'm always going to have some strong feelings for Thrawn and, uh, or about Thrawn and for Thrawn. You're like the guy. Um, And, and sometimes they're going to push into the negative. Sometimes uh, Thrawn is not my favorite Star Wars character and has not been historically. But even talking today, there's there's a lot of. Opportunity. You sound like an NFL coach, Joseph. Ad- adversity is actually opportunity, and, and 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 that's the big truth going forward. with This character, and I, I am excited where we're at. I really love this stuff. as It's all coming together. Um, You're also getting me excited. Like, there's no way in seven hells that we are not going to see Mortis in live action if Dave Filoni is involved. And I'm not just oh, talking about yeah. his position that he has now, the new business card. I'm talking about if he's telling these stories. You know, we're pushing there. That that's what Whitworth's not coming back. Uh, as as gay, uh, the the star, force Star Wars Unleashed, force Unleashed guy a Starkiller he he's he's coming back as the sun in some form to me like <laughs> that's where you're gonna oh, see yeah, him yeah. And, and and I think that's what we're pushing and so it's exciting stuff it's fertile ground going forward.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I'm very excited to to follow uh, this new set of action figures, which I absolutely love. Um, and for Thrawn, like o- overall, like I-, I feel like there were one or two things where I would love to have uh, just made the audience viscerally feel um, how-, how great he was as a master strategist. I yes. think he was put across well as a character. We get mm-hmm. that's who he is and that's why he's dangerous because he thinks different and better than Imperial toadies. I think maybe we didn't feel like we did in Rebels, some moments of true pain from characters that we care about because of his master strategy success. Mm -hmm. And I think many people would disagree and think that the fact that he won was painful to uh, Ahsoka and Sabine and that they were separated from Ezra once again Mm -hmm. was painful. So I I can understand people disagreeing. But for me, I really like the character. I like Lars Mikkelsen. I, I feel like he has a potential to go, if not from a four, To at least a seven in terms of uh, getting under the skin, showing those fears, those paranoia that he has about the Jedi, and and getting a little deeper into the why without getting too deep into uh, ancient Thrawn lore. I think the potential Mm -hmm. is there, and I'm excited for it. I agree. Uh, Here's the actual last question: Uh, Ken, if Thrawn was your buddy and he could help you solve one problem, what would you ask him for help with? YouTube algorithm. <laughs> I imagine that driving him bonkers of like this yes. there's no order to it. It changes every Tuesday. Looking
1: at his pay here, you're looking at the iPad. Uh
0: this doesn't make sense. It's too emotional. It should it be a trained computer? by Anakin Skywalker. The algorithm was trained by overly emotional Jedi. Uh for myself, I think one of the things that I think is really fascinating about him that is drawn out in the books. I think it's there in Rebels. I think it could come out even more in live action if he himself is not an incredibly emotional character, but he's very observant about what emotions lead Mm -hmm. other people to to do, figuring out like, oh, uh, they're headstrong and stubborn, so they always Mm -hmm. act like this. Uh, They are very sensitive, so they always act like this. Um, I would want Thrawn, uh, when I have to, uh, pitch a, a movie or a television show, I would want Thrawn to deep dive and study executives for me <laughs> and say ahead of time, <laughs> this executive greenlights movies mm. out of fear. So you <laughs> must frighten this executive, you know, that would be very helpful to me. Uh, Jennifer, uh, how would you ask Thrawn for help?
4: I would, add, I see him as like a child psychologist who does Instagram videos Talking about how it's important to talk calmly to your child. And just because they're emotional doesn't mean that you have to get emotional. Like, (laughs) I just watched one this morning and I was like, okay, it's really difficult to do. But I bet Thrawn
0: (laughs) could do it. (laughs) <laughs> that is great Ken uh, you want to let people know where they can find us
1: absolutely you can find us on twitter slash and threads and even Hive social at force center pod we're on facebook at Four center podcast instagram as well and on youtube don't forget we're trying to grow over there subscribe like uh, check us out we got some additional content if you missed the live show this last friday but you want to see us recite slash kind of talk sing the life day song a day to celebrate the clip is out there. You can watch it on our YouTube channel there. Uh, podcast available in a lot of spots. Just search and find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Shout out to Alex Damon wearing our four Center. Speculate responsibly on his Q&A episode this week. Uh, I saw that. Uh, Patreon.com slash four Centers where you can support us directly. You can follow me at Ken Napsack or go to KenNapsack.com. I'll be in Seattle at uh, Capitol Hill Comedy slash bar uh, 22nd, 23rd with Lisa Wallet and Mark Ellis. Check out tickets on that website or mine, Ken Knappsock dot com. Jen, uh, where can they find you?
4: Fun. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube at JenniferLanda and TikTok at jenniferlanda 1138. Joseph, take us
1: home, sir.
0: Excellent. Yes, you can find me on social media. In particular, Blue Sky. I'm enjoying an Instagram uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw. That is my handle everywhere. And if you'd like to check out uh, and stay up to date with any of the short films I'm doing or other live performances that are coming up, you can go to my website JosephScrimshaw.com. If you'd like to help me make more short films, uh, buying an album on Bandcamp helps me tremendously. All that money goes to uh, my production company, Strange Path, to make more movies. The button's on my website, JosephScrimshaw.com.
1: On. There it is. So for Thrawn, his hair, his eyes, and his goals, that is for Center this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>